Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Ryan, Big Jim and Gertie are with me as usual. We'll be running the rule over an impressive Scotland performance in France. Lucky. It was the one that got away for Wales at Twickenham with England getting the win, but what next for Farrell after his red card? Plus we'll be chatting with Georgia captain Merib Sharakadze about their World Cup prospects. So settle back, enjoy and make sure you've subscribed on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. How are you, lads? Good. Good. Yeah. Jim's very positive today. I'm always positive. Plucky. And, you know... Nothing to do with Scotland. We, oh. didn't, we didn't win, by the way. You might as well have done. Well, it doesn't feel like a win. I expect more from my team now. Yeah. I expect more from them. But I'm, pr- been- I'm pleased for Jim. He's, he's coming. He's like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. He's mm. doing his press-ups. Yeah. They've got easier. How's your weekend? They've got easier. All good. All good. I've Like I said, with my new role and also the World Cup on the horizon, I'm still taking it easy because I'm in France for a long time. Yeah. I'm in Paris, edgy, mm. for a long time. Get so the riots in. You want to go political straight off the bat? No, <laughs> no I, don't, I don't. I keep out of all that drama. Yeah. I keep out of all that drama. No, it's hard, isn't it? Because you don't want to say that these games at the weekend don't really matter. That's basically what Steve said. Fucking test match, mate! Yeah, that's what Steve said. It's all about four weeks, three weeks, however long it is until your first game. But no, I'm enjoying it. No, It's the festival at Edinburgh at the minute. The Fringe Festival. I mean, it's raining, let's be honest, so that's quite depressing. Mm. You get on stage for a bit of comedy? or No, I tried no. that once, you know, and it went down like a shit sandwich. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm well into at the minute. Go on. I am well into these kind of like Cirque du Soleil, but like these smaller Cirque du Cirque. Andrew, you will like this now with your new formed athleticism. Yeah. Talking of athletes. Yes. These gymnasts. Oh, yeah. I'll talking about me. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Talking of the athletes... And I'm going to put us in that mould. I'm press up in every day on my knees. I got up for a few at the weekend. Yeah. I got up for about so 15, yeah, 20. Of 100, how many are you doing proper press ups? 25. <laughs> 25. I'm up, the knees are coming. Don't laugh. What percent is 25 of 100 then, Jim? There you go. I've just, you just said it there. Um, you said 25. Oh, yeah. There you go, Andrew. Hey, don't you try and snake me. Yeah. Sorry. It. But athleticism, going to see these shows, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievably gifted. So they're like what are they acrobats and like flips and holding each other up. I mean, me and Beck, I tried to do a few of these moves with Beck after in the car park. This was <laughs> was it like dirty dancing moves? Or? Something like that. Yeah, it was just <laughs> she held you up. She tried to. She tried to bag of bones. Actually, it was quite funny, wasn't it, Andy Ray? So there was a comment on social media about my physique. POW they shoulders. Me, they call me POW shoulders. That to me sounds POV? very... POV? POV? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It sounds, P- very, it sounds very very military and I'll take it. Prisoner of war shoulders you've got. Oh, what does that, that mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, he looks a little bit emancipated maybe. What does that mean? I don't know. I think it means that you're... Basically... Lean. No, you basically you've been in a cell for uh, 14 years and not eaten, so where are your shoulders? It, it means I look lean. But my point <laughs> is in all this and why I've brought it back to myself because I watch these shows of them doing unbelievable things and I do wonder... What I'm doing in my life. You're doing press ups on your knees. That's exactly. What you're doing. And but I got up the next day. I was like, I can't be asked. But I was like, what would these gymnasts do? They'd be doing them on their fingers. So that's what they'd be doing. <laughs> I'm inspired by people who are very good. You're welcome. At good things. You're welcome, Jim. Andrew. We'll, I don't want to say that it's the you're wearing for the people 
watching will see it's a pascal blue. Could just be a bit louder with colours now. I'm a bit slimmer. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. feeling it. Well, you can see your nipples, and yeah. I didn't realise they were as They're spongy. Still good. They're still They're good. spongy. That's what happens when you lose a little bit of weight. You well, hold on. Uh, fat uh, comes out of the nipples. On our WhatsApp group. Yeah. We might as well talk about it. A few pictures going back and forth over the last few days. Mm. And I got a major compliment from Jim. What did I say? Just about the shoulders and the guns. What did I say? Well, you basically said, have you got shoulders and guns like that? No, let's just see what I said. Let's that go. is a thing now on the WhatsApp group. Goody's posting a lot more pictures with his top off. Just working out. I am more happy opening them than when you open a video and as soon as you press play. Oh, 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 oh. When you were the kids. Right, here we go. So you said, tell the arms out. What did I say? Andrew, this is fucking unreal. Are you on steroids? <laughs> Are you on steroids, you motherfucking... How have you got arms like that? Fucking cunt. <laughs> so that's the voice note that's as positive as I get yeah I, I took that as a pat on the back <laughs> yeah. So, yeah I'll take that it's huge <laughs> but oh. yeah all good mate you're, looking you're, good yeah thanks James your, yeah. Um, were your ears burning yesterday why why would they been burning well we, I gave you a maths question before yes uh, it was my mum's 70th birthday Mrs. lunch Good. on Sunday we drove down to Exeter why Exeter mum and dad had got a place down that way my brother was down there with his kids and we went to Winslade Manor not far from the chief, 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 chief. Sounds very edgy. I bet it weren't, was it? I bet it was like scones and English tea. It was very English. We had a lovely Sunday lunch. Chatted about you a little bit. Oh, what? Well, Miss Good was asking how you were. I'm great. Did you say I'm great? I said he's he's doing well. His maths is shocking. But mm. He must have had a bad teacher. But anyway. I'm a creative. It was three hours there and three hours back in a car with the kids on Sunday. And that's a challenge, isn't it? You've got your iPads. Hang on. It's a challenge. And then he throws out, you got the iPads, go on. Like, I thought back to all the journeys I did down to Devon as a kid. That's where we used to go on holiday a lot as a family. And it was like, look out the window for three and a half hours. And cars went a lot slower then, so it was probably four and a half, five hours. And I'm like, that's not that far. You've got your iPad. You've got loads of stuff on there. You've got games. You've got drawing stuff that you can do and movies and loads of stuff downloaded. Half an hour in, Daddy, how long? We've got left to go on board. Your iPads, girls, just get on with it. We used to have to look out the window and count the cars. Big kids. issue at the minute in society. <laughs> it is, isn't Big it? Big issue with screens with the kids and stuff like that. This bloody YouTube, Mr Beast. I mean, what a name. He doesn't look like Mr Beast. Tell his bank balance that, but my goodness me. Big issue with screens. Andy Rowe, mate, let's just not skip past you. Yep. Big day for Andy Rowe Saturday. Huge day. Big day, but, yeah. but in the lead up to that, your best mate came over, surprised you. Big oh, shout yeah. out to Dom. Yeah, Dom, he flew all the way over from New Zealand just to go to one of my live shows. He exactly. doubled the audience as well, didn't he? He, he felt he that did, bad. He? he felt that bad that only three people were coming. He's like, I've got to go. I've got to fill a seat. But that, how nice. What a legend, eh? Oh, mate. Like, who does that? It's like a, it's such an expensive, long flight. Yeah. How long is he over here for? He's over here for a week. And I've met Dom. You've met yeah, Dom as well. Yeah, he's a weird bloke. Kiwi who ain't weird. Yeah. He's a good bloke, but he, again, weird Kiwi. He's, he's not. He's not that weird. Yeah, but they all are. Yeah, they're all there. But out of all the key, weird Kiwis I've met, like he's, <laughs> he's the, the least normal. weirdest. Yeah. What's his real reason for coming over? No, that was it. That was it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just to just to come to my podcast. And the good. That is what friends do. They, you know, they send voice notes like that, and then they come over <laughs> to the other side of the other. world. I wouldn't go to New Zealand to watch Andy Rowe show. Wouldn't would you? you? Wouldn't you? Would you fly to New Zealand to watch Andy Rowe show? No, I wouldn't, no, but I'd fly, hey, if I was in New Zealand, I'd fly anywhere else to watch the Andy Rowe show. Yeah, but we were at HQ on the weekend, weren't we, Goody? Yeah, we were at the Lock at Twickenham, hosting the corporate hospitality with uh, Andy Powell there, loose. Yeah, One of the loosest loose. lines I think I've ever heard in a corporate hospitality suite. Oh, my gosh. I won't mention that one, but and we also had Chris Ashton. 
I think he was on uh, Tramadol. Was he on the Tramadols again, was he? <laughs> so. he? He always takes them before he gets up on stage or does TV, doesn't he? <laughs> he might get nervous. Maybe he's getting nervous, that's why. <laughs> I'm joking, actually. Imagine it. if you had taken Tramadols before that first half. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to pump it up. and yeah, I was generally excited to watch England at Twickers on Saturday with a better team in terms of selection around experience and the big names that were back in. And it looked more of a, there's still other players to come back in, you know, obviously Genji would start and Anthony Watson, probably Manu. But it looked more of a Ingham first team. Let's see how good we are and see where we're at. And yeah, wasn't the best that first half. I think the best thing that happened at Twickenham in the first half was the band in the crowd. I can't work out the band though. Why are they still wearing masks? Anyway, second half got a lot more interesting for obvious reasons with different narratives that we talk about. But the first half was dull as ditch water. How did Wales lose that? Because they ain't got a black, they ain't got a line out. Tell the line out that. Absolutely, I'm going to say it. That, uh, they've got issues at hooker though. You lose your captain. Yeah, but they've got. They've always skips. had. They've always had issues yeah. at line outs. You blame Alan Wynn still. <laughs> His legacy, and it, they've got a great coach. Jonathan Humphreys was my line out coach and scrum coach for Scotland. It was brilliant. I had a great relationship with him. We had <laughs> we had one of the best line outs in the world under him. So Lies. there's a number of different things, but well, there's a few things into the mix for that. I, don't, I won't go into too many details because there's loads to talk about, but England got a very good defensive line out with Courtney Laws, Marrow and whatever lock they put in there, whether it's George Martin or Johnny Hill that comes on. So that they've got three of the very best in the middle, but their line out was operating at 65%. That is Scotland stats, Jim Hamilton, at the height of your career. Well, I don't usually use stats, but I wanted to have a, a look. They had 17 line-outs, and out of that, they lost 35% of them. Not good. How many did they lose then, Jim? I don't know. I, I can't. <laughs> you, do you know off the bat or not? A lot. Six. Yeah, there you go. Really, did you just do that that quick? That was a guess. Oh, was it? <laughs> Scrum and line-out. And again, the boring parts of the game, which... We're talking about a very boring first half. I thought the second half was better. Yeah. You are not winning test matches like that against South Africa. New Zealand, albeit they wing it a bit at the line-out, they've still got a very good line-out. Scotland, France, Ireland, obviously, one of the best line-outs. You ain't winning test matches like that. And that, for me, there was a number of things into the mix, but that was the biggest thing. Yeah. You couldn't win a line-out. Yeah. Did I say they couldn't win a line-out? They couldn't win a line-out. And Jim, you should be the line-out coach. I've said that. I no interest. They've got a very good line-out coach. Do you think that's what Gatlin was referring to when he said he found out about a few players? Well, he did mention about a kick. I couldn't find out. He was talking about a kick after the game, the kick where they miss touch. Yeah, Biggs. I know Biggs missed a penalty kick to touch. Owen Williams did as well, I think. But it was a culmination of a number of errors. You get to 17-9 up and England are down, and we'll get onto the whys and wherefores. England were down to 12 players. And then kickoff goes wrong. You know, you're gifting possession back to England. England tell the driving line out that. Like the, the positives for England were line out defence, Ben Earl, and we were talking before the game. Fifteen caps, that was his sixteenth cap. That was his first start. And he has been the best player in the Premiership over at least the last two years. What about when his top got taken off? He's loving it, wouldn't he? I'd well, be panicking. He, he Back in the day, I'd be panicking. Not if you looked like that, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't, but I never looked like that, did I? But um, he was loving it. The crowd went wild because his top's off. He's got abs galore and he's he can cheer a lot as well. Ben Earl was fantastic. I'm so pleased for him because we've talked him up on here quite a lot, haven't we, about purely off the back of his own ability of how he plays. He's a lovely kid, as you know, Jim. Mm. And we're like, how's he not getting picked? 
And there are good players in those positions, obviously Curry and... I think um, now you can pick him as an eight. You can pick him across the whole back row. I think he starts at eight. Yeah. I think he did that much powerful work with ball in hand that you like, we, we could pick him as an eight. And this is the thing we've been talking about. It ain't a surprise he's doing it, right? Because he does it week in, week out for Saracens. Yeah, Eddie wouldn't pick him. Borthers wouldn't pick him to start games. And there you go, first start, head and shoulders above any yeah, other player. Counter-rucking, yeah. carrying, jackaling. Cheering. Yeah. I like that as a player. I've gone off it a bit, especially when you're playing so poorly. Yeah. For Wales, and Gats was talking about, he learned a few things about players, the pressure and the errors when actually they should have stuck their foot on our throat with three men. Well, I say three men off the field. I was going to say three men in the bin, but Fazis was a red down to 12 and you've scored a wonderful try cutting England to shreds because of the numbers effectively go and do it again go and just turn the tide and, and put all the pressure back on England and say go from 17-9 to 24-9 and then it's game over but England fair play you know, these players just want to win at everything they do you know whether they're playing uh, table tennis whether they're just playing cards or... so th- there is that in England and it's always been you go back to the DNA of English rugby Driving game, line out, set piece. The scrum was a mess again for every team, which is becoming a bit of a theme, isn't it? I think I'm watching both games this weekend and scrums were messy as you like. Yeah. But positives for England, line out defence. and Well, Ben Earl basically and then line out defence, the rest of it. Pre-season game. Yeah. If you're Gats, you're raging. I loved Gats' interview afterwards because he, he was honest. He was raging. He, it, it wasn't a politician's answer I think you're a bit harsh on Borthos I didn't say it was about Borthos yeah I know but you did like you you were implying that you know he was better actually after the game to be fair to Borthos look should we just talk about that because I I like Borthwick I'm not just saying that like I I do he's new into that role how long's Gats been in that role yeah like on and off with the Lions comfortable well comfortable like it's not comfortable is it like you're not taking the job to be front and centre of media like Eddie Jones has just gone full rogue Greg is not amazing in that space, like Andy Farrell's not amazing in that space. I, th- I think they're, they're good. Like, they, like Greg is interview yeah. pre-match. Yeah, but we're playing well, so yeah. it's easier for him to do. Yeah. Like with Borthers, like I think they've all all come out and said like that's his big work on, yeah. which is everything else he's amazing at. That is a hard thing to be. You can't just switch on and be charismatic and engaging all that. But like that's it's the hard thing, isn't it? Yeah. And it's when you're not playing that well. And you've got the weight of a nation, expectation, all these different things. Like when he's getting asked after the game, like, what do you think of Faz's red card? He can't answer that. He can't answer that. All he can say is, and Gats was very candid in that. So I can read Gats pretty well. Gats is like, oh, you know, he's got previous, but I hope it's not too bad. He's just poking the bear. Mm, Because he knows they could face him in the... Quarters, quarters, yeah. And there was a bit of that edge in that second half, wasn't there? But that's what you want. with, With all this, like, you want a bit of drama and like talking points and England aren't giving us anything but the fact that they're not giving us anything almost gives us something to yeah. talk about that's yeah. how I look at it yeah. but I do feel for Borthers in that space that everyone's like he needs to give us more he needs to do this they, there's an argument to put up someone else if he doesn't want to do that like I know he's the head coach or whatever he was him. a lot better after the game I thought Well, he's he knows he needs to work on it because yeah. I think I'm almost contradicting what I've said before you've got to responsibility as a coach not just to coach your team but you need to engage especially now this time in rugby engage with the fans and bring in people to bring on the journey and all these different things but I've got a lot of respect for Borthers I like what he stands for what he's done and I also know that it's not easy to get up there 
and, and do that, yeah. especially when your team aren't playing well, especially when the headlines out, out of it are, oh, you know, Farrell getting sent off and is probably not going to make it until the quarterfinals. If... Keep him fresh for the quarters, eh? Well, there you go. Let, let's talk about the card then, the, the red card, and then what those implications might be for the World Cup. Definitely a red card. 100% a red card. I saw it as they were breaking out, and there was a bit, of, there was a little bit of ag before, wasn't there, with Basham? There's no defending it. It's a red card, and I've said it over the years. You have. It's going to happen. His technique, and I don't want to go too hard, but his technique's never changed, has it? Really? Wallop Charlie Atkinson once, and then you know there's the case against Gloucester. There's been others where it's been borderline, but that is part of his strength and part of his biggest weakness. And we're seeing the biggest weakness is he's got it half an inch, an inch, two inches wrong. And it's going to be very costly, but that is the danger of tackling upright and throwing your shoulder like that. And I'm not defending it here at all for everyone that's going to be like, you're trying to defend him. I'm not. That's him and his character. He's been to tackle school. Well, I've heard tackle school is basically a presentation. And so to me, it's a clear red card. There's no mitigation. And you look at then what's going to happen off the back of it. Obviously, the hearings on Tuesday, which everyone listening to the podcast will be today. You know, there'll be a delay, obviously, around what the punishment is, and it'll probably come out Wednesday. But it's a mid-range entry point, without a shadow of a doubt. Which is what? Six? Six, minimum six weeks. So it starts at six weeks, and then it can mitigate down off the back of other things. So there's mitigation around his conduct. Okay, he went to say sorry to Basham. Does he plead guilty or not guilty? Mitigation around that. He can't go in there and say, not guilty, can he? Because it's a clear red card. And then previous history of other incidents, he's had a few. So he's had tackle school as well. So I think a lot of things will go against him on that sense. I've got a feeling they'll go six weeks and might reduce it for one because he's going to say he's guilty. So you're admitting it, you're going to say sorry. And people will be like, that shouldn't count for anything. I agree. It, it sh- I think it should be a six-week ban, no mitigation, no cutting anything because we've been here before. And I want to see Owen Farrell at a World Cup, as I'm sure a lot of people do. And he's England's captain. But I also don't think they should go leniently on him because of those reasons, because it is a World Cup. Mm. I believe everything that's gone on before, it should be a six-week ban. The facts are Basham fails his HIA. So one of the things in the judicial sort of protocols around where you go, was the player injured? Did he suffer an injury? Well, yeah, he did. He got sparked. Not knocked out cold, but he's failed his HIA. So there are concussion symptoms there for Basham, which you have to take into account. The history of him having the issues with previous records of of bans, you can't get away from it. So six weeks, which in reality, that takes out the Ireland warm-up game this weekend coming, the Fiji warm-up game the weekend after, and then the four group games. And it's a real shame. What a mess. Yeah. When you break it down. But you'll be fresh for the quarters when we dust up Wales again, probably. I'm joking. What a mess. Who knows? It is a mess, yeah. But yeah, it, it was that's, that's where we're at, though. Goody's said it, said it. He said it for years, mm. and it's coming the way that he plays. And that just, you know, yes, the ultimate competitor, but ultimately the ultimate competitor, something's going to happen, right? So he's cost himself the captaincy leading into the, the start of the World Cup. Like, it's big. Like, it's a... And I know George Ford came on. You think about what we've he chatted well. about. He, he did, well did, did he very well. On. But we've chatted about Owen Farrell, about how good he's arguably been the best 10 in the world over the last year when he's come into off the back of his injury, come into a bit of form, been made captain. And it's not as if it's an accidental act. It's a, a move, a, a mechanism that we've seen him do many, many times. Yeah. And I know, Goody knows, and lads who play the game know 
changing your tackle technique is easier said than done. When you're in the moment under fatigue, like that kind of tackle that he's done before where you're kind of covering in your upright and there's a slight adjust uh, from Tane Basham, they're not easy tackles no. to go in there and chop. But you see now players, the way that they go in, like Grant Gilchrist, perfect example, when he got red carded against France last year for banging Geelong. Yeah. Absolutely smoking him off kickoffs. That was his point of difference. I'm watching him now tackle off the kickoffs and he's passive. Yeah. Let's just make the tackle, we try and get the charge down. Yeah. And that needs to be the the switch in Faz's it's hard, mind. It's hard for him. It's hard. I, and I, I go back to when I played, I tackled very upright. I was There was no power behind it or much intent or anything. But I was always coached, hit high, because then I was good at wrapping onto the ball to create a more to get the turnover. So I'd be hating it now, but you have to adapt as players. And that's clearly what Faz has got that animal instinct in him to try and stick the shoulder in and, and hurt someone. And you get it slightly wrong, and unfortunately, that's where we are. And then it carries on after. Like, you watch him after, like him and... I know there's an altercation Bigger. between him and Bigger. You know, Faz is... Like, he's just... He, he's fueled, isn't he, by... Like, he's a northerner. He's like, fucking... He's a feral. That's yeah. what he is. That's who he is. But the red mist. It is the red mist, yeah. And he has that red mist in him. And as captain, you think about the best... DuPont doesn't look flustered doesn't even at swear. any, doesn't even any swear. point from, from the anthem... I watched him at the weekend. We yeah. can get on to him. Like he's the best player I think we're ever going to see, and he's playing now in our, in this this time. Doesn't look flustered. You look at Richie McCall. You look at Sia Khaleesi. You look at even Martin Johnson when he was captain in, oh, in two thousand. He had the rage, but, but but he, he but as captain he knew like and, and the yeah. game was different there. You've got to be able to manage that. It is your number one thing. Yeah. You are captain. You are the leader. You are the one that needs to speak to the referee. We can go on Jeremy Ritchie as well about doing about how he does that isn't perfect. See the ref at the weekend, Jeremy Ritchie. Well, we can get on to that. Yeah. But I think for Faz, like if this, well, it's, it doesn't get any worse, does it? Like this doesn't get no. any bigger. Losing your captain for the start of the World Cup. Yeah. And I mean, will he pick him? Yeah, you have to. Well, because he's picked three fly halves, you've got space to keep him. And on that, when you talk about other players, Ellis Genge is a player that used to lose his nut quite a lot, didn't he? He has toned that back. And maybe a little bit to the detriment of... The way that he plays, The way sure. that he plays. But we're not seeing Ellis Genge getting in scraps and doing all that stuff anymore, are we? And I feel bad because I wrote a column for Rugby Pass about Faz being at 10, now England need to stand up and show us who they are. Well, he stood up in the tackle, didn't he? So, sorry, it's my fault, lads. It's my fault. He stood up and he whacked him with his shoulder in the tackle. Let's look at what England are going to do now, then. Marcus Smith, does he just get given the keys? Obviously, you've got George Ford there as well. No. What's happening? What's no. going, what are they going to do? Well, I always said at this World Cup under Steve Borthwick, you need to start Faz at 10 and then you need Marcus Smith on the bench as a point of difference because if you have George Ford on the bench, he comes on for Owen Farrell and it's same-same but less aggressive, which clearly is a good thing. George Ford did exceptionally well when he came on at the weekend and he's obviously a, a kind of coach player where he's coaching the team and he's very similar in terms of I think he'll start George Ford our first two games are actually we've got to go to Ireland this weekend which pretty tough he probably starts Marcus Smith this weekend in the bear pit of Dublin where the Irish come for us and then he goes back to George against Fiji Uh, he probably starts George Ford against Argentina and do you know what George Ford off the back of how he played in that cameo that he came off the bench for. So when George Ford comes on, I'm thinking, are they going to take Faz off? You know, what's because the whole 10 12 thing hasn't worked for England with over the last couple of years with George at 10 and Faz at 12. 
And I've been vocal around Faz is our 10, play him at 10. George comes on, they take Henry Arundel off and then they rejig the back line. So Faz goes to 12, Ollie Lawrence goes to 13, Marchant goes to the wing. So you're moving three players around to bring one player on, which I don't think makes sense. But George Ford, when he came on, pulled the strings, understands game management better than most 10s. And I think he'll start with George Ford, have Marcus Smith on the bench. And you can then carry Farrell in a squad. It's all dependent on how long he gets as a ban. If he gets four, six, if he gets over six, you can't pick him. But if he gets six, you've then possibly got him for a quarterfinal. Having not played. But isn't he in some ways loosely part of the coaching group for this team? Yeah. The way yeah. that he runs yeah. things? Yeah. So you would take him? Yeah, you? I think, yeah, 100%. And it's all dictated to, and, and as Steve said afterwards, you know, it will deal with the facts as they come out. And the facts are they've got a lawyer that's going to get involved in a barrister to defend him. And they're hoping that he gets it less than six weeks. The whole world will be looking at this going, and the, the wording around it and how the report comes out and the whole piece around, you know, the ban is this and this is why. The wording on that is so crucial around, you know, the feeling around the world because I'm an England fan, I want fans to be there, but I also think he deserves a six-week ban. Imagine if he gets six reduced to three because he said sorry and he's a good bloke. All that stuff he's had before. The wording's really important on that and and then that dictates what Steve does off the back of it. Good feeling. What do you reckon? Six. Maybe five. I reckon five. Yeah. Yeah, Which might. will make him available for what, Samoa? I reckon five weeks. Goody were vocal on Twitter about Freddie Stewart's card. So were many other people. Yeah. I, looked at, I saw a few of the comments coming back at you. Well, people interpret things on Twitter very differently. And maybe part of it's my fault. I'm sat there thinking, it's obvious to everyone that that is a penalty try and a yellow card. Maybe it's not obvious to everyone, but to me it was obvious that it's a penalty try. And I'm not condoning what Freddie Stewart did. He's got lost as the ball's going over his head. And he's taken... I don't think he's deliberately taken Josh Adams out in the air, but because of his poor positioning... He's gone with it. He's gone with it, and it's clumsy, it's messy. We've seen loads of these. It's definitely a penalty try and a yellow card. But my issue with it, so he's landed, and Josh Adams has landed on his side here. And then, and there's a bit of this around the game, and there's a lot of this creeping in, which is doing my nutting. I reckon he's whacked his own head on the floor. And, and then, and then, how if you if you look at watch watch it from an angle where he's down, and then he's put his head down, and then he's holding his head, but he's holding the wrong side of his head that he banged on the floor. And I'm telling you now, players are coached, and players understand they're looking for this head contact to get players sent off. Hundred percent. Liam Williams, same thing. He did exactly the same. Ben thing. said it in the game. He's like, oh, he caught me in the head. Yeah. And this is the gamesmanship. Yeah, like I, I, you would definitely do that if you were playing. Oh, I wouldn't yeah, do I would, that. Goody would do that. I would, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's but this what is you the thing. Done. The game's very different now to when we played in terms of these things. So, and the big thing is this whole stuff around concussion and HIAs and early onset dementia. You said one last week, didn't you, about buggery? Mm. Like you got hit by Xander Fagerson. Got yeah. hit by Xander Fagerson in the head. Doesn't red card without a shadow of a doubt. Red card holding your head, get off the field and having a HIA. Like anyone holding their head, you're looking for it, you're like, oh. That's where I'm in agreement with, with Goody. And that's where it doesn't come up. Like, it's so hard on Twitter because people are coming straight back at you. People yeah. who've never played the game, they don't understand the mechanism around it. And because of how, and it is divisive, the stuff around concussion and head injuries and all these things. I'm not belittling that Of course, Of course we're not belittling no. that. There are 
But people think I am. There are players. They're, they're, they're us. Like, we're in full support of everything that is I went is for a happening. brain scan last week. Of course. So, like, we're, we're in this. This isn't about belittling anything. What, where I'm sticking up for Goody here, I don't put it out on Twitter anymore. I just leave it. I just, I'm happy to talk about it because you get more context, but I know you want more followers. But I've got more than you. But on that, on that, like, you're right. Like, Josh Adams goes down and, look, you know, it, I didn't look like it is said to me. He might have had whiplash and that whiplash can cause brain injury. I'm not an expert on the mechanism of that. You're a doctor, though. PhD. But without doubt, if he's holding his head and there is any any kind of debate or question if he's holding his head, he needs to come off for a HIA. Yeah. That, that's a fact. But as soon as the penalty try and yellow card were given, back on his feet, he was all right. And that's what we need to sort of try and get out of the game as much as we can. Liam Williams, he tried to do one. How good was he, by the way? Liam Williams played oh, unbelievably he's well. such a good player. Yeah, really good. But theatrics and gamesmanship, often looking for a, a head, holding his head. It's creeping in, and I just... Yeah, I like the drama, Andrew. I love it, but I'm trying to say, hold on, if you're old, you're head, or if there's any head contact, get off for a HIA, it would nip a few in the bud, I reckon. Then we'd see the real head collisions, making sure that everyone's off for a HIA, so they're protecting themselves. Let's look at the other big game of the weekend. Jim, they almost did it again. Almost came from behind to put France in Paris. Lucky, weren't they? How good is Scotland? I, I, told, I told you last week. And yeah, then... they are. They're great. And France are great as well. I'm watching that game and I, Jim's going to go into all the detail of it as a true Scotsman. Well, not quite a true Scotsman. Quarter Scottish. Live in Scotland. You live in Scotland, all right. You've got a Scotty dog and some tartan curtains. I've watched the England game and then I've gone home. We went out for some dinner Saturday night. And then I've watched the Scotland game later. So I'm trying to avoid social media to because you always see the result, don't you? Or someone says something, or WhatsApp, trying to avoid that as well, so that you don't see anything. My God, watching Scotland play, and I'll say it, I'm watching Scotland, I'm crying out for England to play like that. So good to watch. Yeah. Looking mm. for breaks, looking for offloads. Aggressive in the carry Yeah, when they get the ball. How did you, I mean, how bad was Scotland when you played Chocking. compared to... A, compared uh, to now? Yeah. Like, uncomparable. If they had our pack, we'd be on for a hook at one. <laughs> But again, just looking at stats, and again, this is I, this is all new, but I, I'm just trying to give a bit of substance stat, to it. Man. I'm on the rugby pass stats, actually. Yeah, They're really good. Ba, 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 ba. 214 passes for Scotland to France's 90. This is the one. Post-contact metres. France, 228. Scotland, 403. That a boy. That a boy. Love to watch. And look, I went a bit fanboy last week and I started name dropping everyone. And then you I was basically kind of, named the whole backline. I, I named the backline. Name it kind, again. And then I was kind of half naming like the French team because didn't really know too much about them. And then I wasn't sure whether Scotland were going to go full noise against France this week because France were definitely going to go full noise. And I'm thinking, nah, you've got to rest them. But then Gregor came out and said, well, we did that last World Cup and look what happened. So they went full noise. Both teams went full noise. France. You've got to think it's their first hit out. Yeah. And it looked like it. They looked very rusty. And on that, how mad is it? Top 14 starts this week. <laughs> they're, they're about three weeks off. And uh, back we, yeah, we go. <laughs> <laughs> just impressive. Just very, very good Scotland in all facets of the game. Like just We're tight. We're, we're physical at the breakdown. Our tackle selection on whether to hold players up or whether to chop tackle and we had a, f- a few wrong calls should have been a try to France as well shouldn't it yeah sure. well, there we go Carl uh, Dixon though that yeah. wasn't no it was Carl, Carl Dixon. Dixon put his yeah, flag when, out when DuPont was in touch it wasn't but though. it wasn't in touch yeah. Jamie Ritchie there was a couple but not to bring it down positively the backs 
were brilliant. Yeah. Like the width that they can put the ball. Carl Stein on the wing. Who, who are you picking? Can play at 13. I think Duan van der Merwe, and he didn't play as well at the weekend, I think he's the world's best winger at the minute. What about Darcy McGraham? Darcy McGraham's brilliant. He's on the other wing, but he ain't the best winger in the world. Duan van der Merwe is the best winger in the world at the, at the minute. Big he shout. is. Wow. Who? Hit me with another. Will Jordan. Is a... Put him on the yeah, other I'd wing. Yeah, say Will Put Jordan. Put him on the other wing. Yeah. Aaron, sir. Yeah. Cheslin Colby. No, I'd say Duan is, Duan is on fire. What he can do... Nengatawazi. And the post-contact metres is like yeah, like no one else. He scored a try, didn't want it though, did he? Came off. Yeah. Bit hot. Bit hot for him. Yeah, looked like he pulled his car. Villiers is some player as well. Yeah. Anyway, so... He's hard are, as you like. Yeah, sevens as well. Yeah. He's like uh, Mac Hansen. Yeah. Like good at overball as well. Yeah. But Scotland, mate, we're good. Good team. We are a good team. Does it worry you a little bit that you're talking like you won the game? No, because it's no, because it's a pre-season game, and I feel it's a full-on test match. It's a full-on test match. It's a pre-season game, and this is where I agree with Borthers. It's a World Cup year, so whatever happens now, no one, no one is going to remember. It's all about the World Cup. It is all about the World Cup. Can the players do it under pressure? Can Scotland do it in? It was twenty-seven degrees. Do we have the strength and depth? Went down to fourteen men. Had a player sent off. The week before. So these are the questions that we need to answer. Who's our best seven? Is it Hamish Watson? Is it Rory Darge? Because our first game is South Africa. So there ain't no... Hamish. There ain't no warming up. Rory Darge starts. He was he fucking did. unreal at the weekend. Tell me He's about, like Hamish, but just yeah. younger. Yeah, he is actually. Tell me about Jamie Ritchie, referee in the game. Yeah, I think that's... That's a worry like, for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Too much. It's not even... Too, it's the way he does it. Get it's, in there, Jim, and, and learn him. <sighs> Like you hear, like Finn coming in, and this is a, I love it's Finn. a skill. Oh, Finn's right? my favourite player in the world. How good is he? Just how love good Finn. is he? Hey, you get him in the air, don't me? On Finn, right? Everyone talks about his attacking. Everyone talks about how good he is at passing. I'm telling you, he's one of the best tackling tens in the he's world. He's a savage. Like we know, Finn. He loves his five guys. He trains hard, right? But mm. you're not looking at him and going, athlete. He puts a feral shoulder in. It's a Finn shoulder. But I'm looking at Finn going, that sh- shoulder could snap. Whereas you're thinking feral. Sticks his shoulder and it's mm. all good. But he flies in, doesn't he? He's a chop tackler. He's chopping Dante. He's chopping yeah. Audrey when they're throwing down the hinge. Yeah, I just love his chat. I love his chat. Just on Finn, last week when you guys were down at halftime and the comments were made that they were having a chat at halftime about what they wanted to get out of the game and Finn just comes back and says, let's just go out, have some fun and chuck the ball about. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like they're comfortable. And again, I go back over they all, all ground here. Well. Yeah. I think what happened with Gregor... And Finn, six bears, and everything with Hoggy that's happened now that has got us to this point now, where there's an understanding within the team about what's what. Making Finn captain last week, Scotland keeping Gregor on as coach, like it is it our time? I mean, it's the impossible challenge. Look at the group. Look at the quarterfinal of France. Nothing's impossible. Or Newsy, I've got them tattooed on my arm as well. Fucking embarrassing. I'll tell you what is impossible, trying to put your shoes on in the morning (laughs) when you're 40. So that's a lie. Who are the four players that miss out? This comes out on Tuesday. Greg is naming his squad today. Who are the four players that miss out? Really hard. Sam Skinner came on. I thought he was brilliant at the weekend. What a seed. What a pass. I thought of you. To do Van der Merwe in the corner. I thought of you when he passed that ball. As, like, why did I come into your psyche? Because that would be a lollipop into the stands if mm. you chucked it. That was a hell of a seed. Yeah. I looked at that and I thought, 
how much has the game changed now? How many second rows that I played with could have thrown that seed? It was so good. Yeah. So good. Phenomenal. So I imagine he is or was touching goo between him and Scott Cummins, but I think Sam Skinner, because he can play back row. Yeah. I don't know. Like There could be a big shout of scrum half, and depending on Ben White, I think he's having a scan on his ankle and might be all right for this week. Horny, I thought, did well when he came on. And that's the, this, this is going to be the shout. You've got to take three, though. Or two. It's, it's a hard one to shout. Well, this is the thing, though. I think you take you have to take three mm. because first game playing South Africa, the most brutal team physically to play against, right? Mm. And then third game, is it Ireland? Yeah. So imagine one of your scrum gets a knock in that first game, but he's all right, touch and go. And then actually you've only got one scrum off fit in the squad to play second and third game. You have to take three scrum offs. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's going to be the makeup of the back three as well. Blake Kinghorn can play 10. Obviously, Adam Hastings has been dropped. I don't really know. Talk about back three. Ollie Smith. It was awesome when he came How on. good. That was tackle won. Yeah. But also a lot of his off-the-ball work that's unseen to... Yeah. Because it's not Duan or it's not, you know, the big names, Blair King or Darcy Graham. That graft, and you know, he, he can play centres as well as when can he? He can, but I think he's an out and out fifteen. But I think Carl Stain did so well; he can go as that kind of Mr. Tackle. So I don't know. I'm, I can't answer the question. There, I, there might be a big call at scrum, at scrum half. He's not taking Finn. Naturally, one of the hookers I think will will drop out of the squad. I don't really know. I don't want to say. I genuinely don't know. Mm. Like it's not politician James. No, yeah. no, it's not. I don't like. As he in... told me off there, Hamish Watson ain't going. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I love Hamish. Sent me yeah, a cap this week. Thanks, Hamish, one hundred percent has to go. But Rory Darge is sick at the minute. And one of our listeners will be going as well. You may have heard a couple of weeks ago that we were doing a giveaway for some tickets to England v Argentina with Gulliver's Sports Travels. Congratulations to Jess Howe, who is our winner. And for everyone else, there's good news. You can still get 20% off tickets and tours using the code RUGBYPOD20 at Gulliver's Sports Travel. So give their team a shout or go to gulliverstravel.co.uk. The news, unfortunately... Not so great coming out of the French camp, lads. Massive news. Didn't Mac. think it was that bad. Untermark. Roman Intermark. ACL gone. I looked at it and I saw you how... You thought it was bad, didn't you? Yeah, I did think it was bad because you can see like a little pop. And you know, I'm working with Dr. James Hamilton here. And so you look at certain injuries and I saw his face. You can see in someone's eyes when you see their face. And he was... Oh, they kept panning in on him on the bench. And he looked absolutely devastated. And you can tell and see then, and then you, you look at how it happened. Sometimes they look innocuous, but massive news that Roman Umtermak is out with an ACL injury. Um, Jalibé is very good as a number two, but, but you've lost your... I mean, it's like England. We've lost Faz, or we're potentially going to lose Faz for a big part. It's a bit different because this is his home World Cup. Yeah, this yeah. is like Dan oh. Carter, 2011. Same yeah, yeah. thing. He's, it's devastating. This is the, Worst thing that could happen in your rugby career. Who's a French fly off that's fishing now? Don't know. I don't know. Because you've got a chance. But it's a massive shame because he's a world star. He's a wonderful player. And like you said last week, I didn't realize how quick he was. Like, he doesn't look like he's putting max effort in, but he is quick and reads the game really well. Obviously, cruised around the corner for that try, didn't he? Wonderful player, wonderful talent. Really sad and, and a massive shame for him, France, and the World Cup because, as you said, home World Cup. Superstar of the game as well in France. Good looking boy as well. Real shame. But he's not going to be the last that that happens to no, him, unfortunately. No, no. The nature of the beast. On more positive note, 
and Barks was talking him up on comms. Anton Dupont, he popped a rugby ball, box kicking the fuck How'd you do that? Well, we are witnessing, I would say, the greatest player to have ever played rugby, yeah. which you never really say about a scrum half, do you? No. Like, I know we've had some wicked scrum halves, class scrum halves. He is phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. Like, even tackling, like, forwards. Mm-hmm. Like, he's stopping them dead. And then pulling out, like, no, no one can put him on the floor, you know, when you try and rook someone out and, yeah. like, you know, keep the scrum half down so he can't box. <laughs> he's, he's everything, isn't he? His box kicking, 45, 50 metres every time. Off your left, off your right. No bother. How's your mum? Yeah. You know, like, off you She's go. She's all right. It was her 70th yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. How's your mum? How's your dad? Dad's all right. But, yeah, he's he's a world star, isn't he? If you're France now, you've lost one of your major players in Unterman. Mm. You're wrapping DuPont up as so well. So hard, isn't like, it? Ridiculous. What about Blair Kinghorn, though, when he catches the high ball and you've got the whole French forward pack coming after you and he's, like, trying to pass it. What does he say? What does he say? I don't know what to do. What does he say? What do I do? No, what does Blair say? He says, uh, he's, he's a punctured man. <laughs> <laughs> punctured man. No, he's not. He's posh Edbredonian, so he's not, he's not Glaswegian. Well, a couple of big names also not going to France from the Australian squad. I know, Goody, you've been very vocal about this as well. Oh, no, I just find it bizarre that Quay Cooper is such a good player, and I get people are like, oh, have you seen him play? They're taking one play off with four caps in a squad of 33. Carter Gordon, good player, but to not take Quay Cooper as backup, it's an Eddie Jones thing to do, isn't it? I can see why. You lose your fly off, who you pick him? Well, they've been quite in if they want. They know what they're getting with. I think they're at a point in Australia now where they've maybe realised or they think they've realised that... No fucking chance. They might not have a chance or there's no fucking chance, like Goody said. So they need to build. I get that. Towards, because you think, right, they've got the Lions tour in two years. Yeah. And then they've got the World Cup at home. Mm-hmm. I reckon this is just like, right, we're fucked as a union in whatever strength and depth whatever's going on in Australia, Eddie Jones has maybe said to the board, look, we need to like blood these players. He mentioned in his interview that tens need time in the position. Yeah. You can't start every World Cup game though as a 10. What's Quaid like though in the group? I don't know. I'm asking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've, I've heard it, good things really. And mm. they, I just go back to under Dave Rennie, Quaid came back in, they started winning games. They were playing very well. But yeah, it is, it's an Eddie Jones way, isn't it? You know, no one saw Will Scouten as captain. No, I don't, I don't think. See that. He had like five or six captains this year. Yeah. Obviously, the Michael Hooper one is, I think it's more injury-related than not picking a legend. But it's the Eddie way. And do you know what? We've said it. They looked a hell of a lot better against New Zealand the second time around. In their group, they'd expect, or people would expect them to win it or come second. And then you're in a court final against England or Argentina or Japan. Potentially, and you could be in a semi. Don't write you get to off. a semi, who knows? Semi. Don't write him off. Quaid might come back and kick the winner. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. For a closer look at Paul C, we're joined now by Georgian midfielder Mirab Sharakati. How are you, mate? Good. Good, guys. Thank you. How are you doing? We're very good, Mirab. It's great to have a Georgian legend on the podcast. We 
I've only had one before. I think it was Graham O'Roundtree, Graham Wigsville. Wigsville, yeah. Wigsville that we had on at the time. So to have you on is, is brilliant. And congratulations on a good win at the weekend against Romania. How are things in Georgia? What's the lay of the land? Uh, things are going well. Rugby ways, we execute our mission, what we had against Romania. Pretty much did all the things we wanted to do. Didn't show everything we had, but still managed to win the game. And with a record score as well, so that's quite quite pleasant. Yeah, good place to be. And obviously, I can see now with the sunshine in the background, you're definitely not in Scotland, but you're coming over to Scotland to take on them this weekend because it must be raining in Scotland. <laughs> how uh, how the preparation's going for that? Big opportunity, isn't it? Huge, huge game for us. First of all, we still need to play against um, USA this week. It's not going to be easy. It's quite USA is looking quite sharp. And then following week, we have Scotland. Basically, past years, they've been amazing. And especially the last year, they played really, really quality rugby. And we've seen against France, they almost won it. Yeah, almost won the game. We're in a very tough game. So we see how quick they play. Their physical side, obviously, has to be mentioned. And it's going to be a huge challenge for us. Yeah, absolutely. But everything is about the World Cup, right? Preparation. And you look at Paul C, you're in a tough group with Wales, Australia and Fiji. Quite tough, yeah, quite tough. But also, you know what? Like, there's a real opportunity, in the, without speaking for you, but I, if I'm Wales or Australia, I'm worried. Yeah. Like, against you, lads, the way that you play in the style of <laughs> style of play. Like, what's the mood? What's the confidence like in Georgia? Well, we, we are picking up our confidence now, to be honest. We want to make sure that our game plan is working as it has been working last year. We want to be sure that you're physically ready, mentally ready, and these games are awesome for it. Especially the Scotland will be very preparation for us. And obviously the teams that we are playing, they're very good. I mean, we've seen Australia's last game. They're flying, almost beat New Zealand. Wales, last week they beat England. This week, yeah, they got beaten, but still they played very good rugby. Portugal beating USA with a huge score, and we know Fiji, Fijians are just there. They are the reason why they're called flying Fijians, and you can basically, they can always surprise you, and they can always do something from nothing. So it's basically a big challenge. Very tough group, but we are preparing for it very hard. So. And then looking at previous World Cups, I don't want to compare you to Japan, but Japan in 2015 had the big shock and beat South Africa from the outsider's point of view people thought that's a big thing yeah and then they obviously go to their own world cup and beat Scotland and Ireland and qualify for the quarterfinals Georgia must be looking at this and that the whole team has a massive opportunity to play in a tough group but a very winnable group compared to for example if you're in with New Zealand and France and that kind of thing where those two teams are probably a bit more elevated than perhaps Wales and Australia are. They're all going to be really hard games, but this is a chance to really put Georgia rugby on the map, which you already are, and making big noises around performance. You beat Wales last November, etc. But it's a huge opportunity as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big opportunity. The thing is, uh, when teams are the big teams are expecting, and they know, as you guys mentioned, that you can beat them and you, you are strong enough to win any game, then it becomes harder. For example, if we take Japan 2015, me personally, I was playing that World Cup as well. And me personally, I was never thinking that Japan could have won the game. And that actually makes it easier. Now, what we won against Italy and won against Wales, it makes it a bit tougher because every team now, coaching perspective is different, which I don't understand exactly because I'm not coached. But from the player's perspective, when you know the team can beat anybody, you're 
preparing differently. So now any team, it doesn't matter if it's Australia and obviously Wales or Fiji or especially Portugal, they all know that we can beat everybody. So they will be preparing very, very, very hard for us. So it's not going to be easy, but everything can happen. We know what to do. We know we can win it and we know how to win it. So that's it. Well, I don't know if you see my rugby pass team predictor, but I do have Georgia making the quarterfinals to play against England. I'm just saying, I don't want to put too much pressure on you. <laughs> you mentioned the coaches earlier. Friend of mine, Joe Worsley. Yeah. How's his Georgian coming along? He's Georgian. is quite impressive, to be honest. <laughs> his pronunciation is getting much better. He was with us 2019 as well. He was picking up the Georgian words even then. But now you see him on a training. He speaks Georgian. All the rugby, to, all the all the rugby stuff is 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 fluent in Georgian. That's amazing. Very impressive. And Georgian is not an easy language to learn. No, it's not. It's not. He's a really good guy, isn't he? And really knowledgeable. How's he getting on in in camp? He must be buzzing for this World Cup as well. Yeah, he's playing a huge role. I think he he's our defense coach, as you guys probably know, and he's playing a huge role. I think his work has improved us a lot, and and we're still working. We still have time till the World Cup. So every, even now, like. 20 minutes ago, we had a meeting with him. So you won't be surprised that he's a hard worker. He makes us work hard as well. So it's all good. Step by step, we're going forward. Yeah, Murray, just on the coaches, Levan, your head coach was poorly, wasn't he, during the Lions tour a couple of years, like as in really poorly, like almost died, I think. How is he now? And, and... Yeah, he pretty much died and somehow magically he survived. Can you just give us the backstory behind that? Before going to South Africa, we had a um, game against Holland in Georgia. So for that game, for that tour, generally, we were preparing for two weeks and then we had one game and then we were supposed to have two games in South Africa. So obviously we were, we were shut down. We weren't seeing anybody. Like we were very strict with the rules, COVID stuff. Playing world champions was like big thing, like biggest thing in rugby you could possibly have. So we were very strict with the rules. Like, and somehow this, the, this horrible thing, the COVID-16, somehow we had a very... Unfortunate story that the liaison got ill first, South African guy, and very unfortunate that he passed away quite quickly after that. Like five days ago, he was he was not alive anymore. And uh, we played one game, and straight after the game, we got a few positive tests. We got back, and we just knew that boys were ill with the Levan and the other guys as well. The next day we got information that Levan is got worse. Anybody you would ask, they were saying like he has like below zero chance, and somehow he managed to survive. And when was it? We have, we were having trainings. We knew that he was he survived, and then we met him on the airport. And the next day we had training here. He arrived on a training, <laughs> just to watch, obviously. But it was very impressive. We were shocked to see him on a training the next day after arriving and to be honest from that he was like normally i don't know he's, he's probably 85 85 kgs and the first day we seen him probably he was around 50 kgs like half of the men and from that 50 kg to his normal weight and normal shape it took him probably no more than 10 days like two weeks max so he got back in uh, october and in November, he was already with us, fully training us when we played France that, that, that November. Wow. Georgians probably the hardest blokes in the world, aren't they? So one of the things I wanted to ask you, obviously, you know, we are talking pre-World Cup. There's obviously been loads of noise around Georgia joining the Six Nations and you know, the levels that you're at, deservedly so, to be in that 
sort of question. How do you guys feel about it? I know the Black Lion, your team, are joining the Challenge Cup this year as a club side. How do you feel that things are developing or how, how you've been treated around that conversation? I think there's the Black Lion joining Challenge Cup is a huge step for us. We're, we've been waiting for that for a long time. As long as you you are having more opportunities, as long as you've seen the progress and improvements and you have somewhere to go, now we know that if we play well on the Challenge Cup, we improve, we go somewhere. As long as you have hope that you can achieve something, that's all good. So we're very happy with this with this opportunity to play Challenge Cup and we're going to continue to work and hopefully hopefully one day we'll make it. Am I right in saying that you were you were at Gloucester at the same time as as Jim? Was that in the, the under-19s? And Jim was leading Gloucester at that point? Captain Fantastic? Yes, he was. Yes, I was I a was kid by then, but I was watching his games a lot and back then as well. Big respect and you were my one of the no name superstars in my in my Marab, no. Yeah. no. Yes, Marab. <laughs> no. Yes, yes Marab. He played yes. on the Monday nights for the 18. No, I didn't. No, this sounds quite erotic. Keep going, Marab. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so is Jim one of your heroes? Well, I am now. I would say so, yeah. Man of the people, that's why. And that's why, Marab, I have, I don't know what it is. I mean, we played Georgia at the World Cup in 2011. Scotland played Georgia. You had a massive left winger, number 11. And I've gone to literally... He sat me straight down on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I love Georgians. It wouldn't be the first, wouldn't be the last. <laughs> I remember that quite well. Yeah. What was his name? Iraqi Machkana. He's former captain of, of Georgia. Yeah, there you go. You went, you went after Skips. Yeah, wow. And Mahmoud Gorgogzi as well. I played at Montpellier with him. And Michele Niniashvili yeah. as well. Legends. <laughs> was it you guys that got in the scrap when you were practicing against the England squad? Yes. Yeah, we did, yeah. Not not us, not backs, obviously, forwards did. But it was just rugby thing. Nothing, nothing, not too scary things. Just uh... The England boys were scared. I was going to say, you might not have been scared, <laughs> but I think the England lads were. <laughs> oh, no, no, it was so good. Um, just lastly on that, so Graham Roundtree, how was he? Graham Wigsville, I obviously love him. He loved his time in Georgia, speaks about it so fondly. How was he received there? Very nice guy, very fun guy. Doing some crazy stuff, I remember him doing. <laughs> uh, after the games, obviously. Did I say it? Yeah, you can but say it. <laughs> Fully, hopefully, Graham won't be upset. No, he won't. Friend of the show. So we won the game. We won the championship. And obviously, we drank together, all team together. And next day, see Graham, you know the small sticks for the for a teeth? Toothpicks. Toothpicks, yeah. I see probably $100 toothpicks in the head of the Graham. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he, he has no head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the head, like, literally in the skin. Yeah. That's a Leicester thing. And he was just laughing. <laughs> the old hedgehog. Hey, that is the Georgian vodka. Yeah, I remember that quite well. I was very impressed with that. Chacha is even better than vodka is, but tougher. Get on the Chacha. All right, Marib. Hey, thank you so much for coming on, mate. Great stories and enjoy the World Cup. Oh, my pleasure. Hopefully we'll see you in the quarterfinals. Come on, Georgia. Come on, Georgia. Thank you, guys. Good luck. Top, Top lad. He is. Top he is. Lad. I, I love speaking to players from different cultures and backgrounds and obviously having the Georgian on here. Mate, Georgian rugby. I reckon they're quarters. I'd love them to beat Australia. Come on the journey with us. We're going to Tbilisi. I've been to Tbilisi. Yeah. So me and, me and the late Mickey Steel Bodger yeah. shared whatever... Chow Chow, what was it called? Chow Chow? Chow Chow. Uh, the Georgian vodka. So, yeah, we shared um, a triple shot of Georgian vodka when we got off the... I was going to say the boat, but it was a bus. I say a boat, it sounds better. In Tbilisi, when we got there with the barbarians. So, so you head off? 
After, <laughs> hey, I was an established drinker back then. Half three in the morning, bang, straight off the bus, quadruple shot of this vodka. Had the best time of my life. Straight to bed? No. Straight to the bar? No. No. Straight to the bar. Does Beck know you stayed out? Back then, she knows. Yeah. Jimbo was out. But Jimbo. Georgia, if you get a chance to go, what a fantastic country. Yeah. And like you just heard Murray there, great men. Yeah. Really, really are. So, loved that. Absolutely loved it. Right, well, let's finish things off then with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, let's. We're going to start off with Georgia. We're now secret Georgia fans, aren't we, Jim? Of course. They hammered Romania 56 points to six at the weekend to get some decent momentum. Namibia, get a mention in the good this week as well. They came from behind to beat Chile 28-26 away from home. So, big shout out to all the Namibians. Portugal. I'm off to Portugal again next week. How are you going on another holiday? Holiday, mate. Does your boss know? Everyone knows. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> Portugal get a shout in the good this week. They thrashed the USA 46 points to 20 in the Algarve. Oh, I just wish it was next week because I'd go and say goodies here. But anyway, I'll see you all in Portugal next week. It's a big shout out to the Portuguese team. What else was good? Charles Olivon's try. What a try that was after the quick thinking between Thomas Ramos, who looked really sharp, and Anton Dupont. Really good try by them and France getting the victory. Anton Dupont gets some shout out in the good. Of course he does. Just kicking the air out of the ball. He's that good and that powerful and that strong. He can puncture a ball with his own foot. I've never seen that done before. So uh, Anton Dupont gets a mention in the good. France get a mention in the good. They set a new home record streak of 10 wins in a row. So well done to the France team. But the good this week goes to, I've got to give it to England because I'm going to be really positive. Ben Earl gets a shout in the good this week. We've, we've been talking him up on here for years. It gets his first start. In an England jersey, 13 carries, 46 metres gained, eight tackles, breakdown steals for his first test start. The only positive that can come out of England, really, apart from a driving line-out and some line-out defence, but I thought Ben Earl was head and shoulders above any other player on that field. And he's got abs galore. He took his time getting his shirt on, so the crowd were loving it. He's a cracking bloke as well as Ben Earl, so that's why he gets the good this week. Here we are. The bad. A few bits of bad. Welsh line-out, we're going to start with Jim. Lost six on their own throw. Pretty bad news. Pretty bad. Very bad. Bad coach. Great coach. No, just unwinnable at the top end of games. There we go. Jack Van Portfleet and Dowie Lake's injuries get mentioned in the bad. We hope they're not too bad, but they're going to be in the bad. Discipline in the England versus Wales game. Six cards is the most in a Tier 1 test match since 2010. There you go. That's a start. So uh, that's a bit of bad news. The first half also gets mentioned in the bad of England versus Wales. That wasn't the most entertaining game I've ever seen in my life. But the bad this week, unfortunately, goes to Roman Untermach for his injuries, ACL injury that's keeping him out of the World Cup. Bad news for him, for France, for the whole of world rugby, actually, because he is one hell of a player and the tournament will be poorer for not having him in it. So uh, bad news. Wish you all the best, Roman, in your recovery. But yeah, bad news that he's not going to be at the World Cup. And then the ugly, two bits of ugly, really. First and foremost, we're going to go with... The Freddie Stewart challenge, mistimed, no malice, but it looked pretty ugly taking Josh Adams out in the air, even though he fell on his side and then claimed it was his head, but it wasn't. But the ugly can only go to one place this week. Owen Farrell for his shoulder to the head of Tame Basham with force. Straight red card, should have been, but obviously they have to go to the bunker, so they give the yellow because it's above the threshold. People are asking me, why can't you just give a straight red? Well, they can't anymore. They have to go to the bunker it reaches a yellow threshold, then the bunker decides. So Owen Farrell gets the ugly. He's had 11 weeks of bans previously, four of which were this year. He's done tackle school and he hasn't learned. So 
you can't be tackling like that before a World Cup. Unfortunately, Tame Basham failed his HIA. We're going to see a ban, but Owen Farrell gets the ugly this week for that. Error. Thanks, Goody. And you guys have got some shout-outs, don't you? We've got a few shout-outs today, actually, Andy wrote. And we've got a big shout-out for the Looseheads Academy game between Grassroots Barbars and Macclesfield on 18th of August. 7.30 kick-off, and it's free entry. So get yourself down to see the Barbars Grassroots versus Macclesfield. Yeah, definitely. And a big shout-out as well goes to a group of ex-Cowden Court Kofskins, who my mum, Mrs. Good, taught at maths. Don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's a great thing. She's a great teacher. I know, a great teacher, yeah. But were they listening? Yeah, they probably weren't. Happy birthday, mum. They are actually cycling 948 miles. Not my mum, these lads from Cowden Court, the Kofskins. They are cycling 948 miles and nearly two Everests worth of climbing over 10 days. They're doing it in memory of their friend's mum, Sue James, who sadly died of sepsis last year. She was an amazing woman and a keen supporter of their local rugby club, Dunlop, the Dunlop Massive. They're raising money for the Sepsis Trust to raise awareness. So if anyone wants to donate or just wish them good luck, you can find their Cycle for Sue on Just Giving or follow hashtag Cycle for Sue on social media. Good luck, lads. Yeah, I've seen that. They're going John O'Groats to Land's End and they're hoping to raise 20k. Mm. So, yeah, it's a big one, that is. Last shout out from me and it's to Julia Patterson and a team of 14 friends that are aiming to climb three peaks in 24 hours this September in aid of the Rob Burrow Centre for Motor Neurons Disease. Dr. Louise Jordan, who has been recently diagnosed with MND, is a supporter for the Rob Burrow Centre and the reason they are doing the challenge. And you can check out the Three Peak Challenge 23 on Just Giving if you want to help them raise their target of £10,000. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Gertie. Thanks, producer Rob, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube and make sure you've subscribed on Spotify. Rubby Spot. Spotty Pod, 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 Pod. Are you and your mate the ultimate sports fanatics? Well, we're on the hunt for a duo to take the sports podcast scene by storm. We're looking for two mates who eat, sleep, and breathe sports, and are closet comedians. From football to rugby, cricket to UFC, tennis and everything in between. If you've spent hours arguing over whether Ronaldo is the GOAT or just a git, answering life's most random questions or reviewing the latest banger on Netflix, it's time to turn your chat and love for sport into your very own podcast. And here's the kicker. We've got a massive £10,000 fund for the lucky pair. That's right, ten grand just for being yourselves and chatting, well, semi-educated funny shit. To be in and running, all you need to do is send us a five-minute pilot episode. Just you and your mate, talking sports, talking life, and making every listener feel like they want to be sitting at your table down the pub. So, grab your mic, or just your phone, pick your favourite sports or topics, and let your personality shine. Show us what you've got, and who knows, you might be the new voices of sports podcasting. Just send your pilot episode to mysportspodcast at gmail.com. That's mysportspodcast at gmail.com. And let your love for all things sports and comedy do the talking.